0: Alright, welcome back to the 20- Ooh. 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 Oh, I'll open it. Nope, I'm opening it. I'm, okay. Did you open it last time?
1: Mm, yes, I opened it the last two times because you kept on going like, so.
0: Peace! Welcome back to the 2 to Tango podcast with me and Victoria. What's going on, Victoria? I'm hungry. Um...
1: Your mom's making dinner. I can smell it through the vents.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what she's making again. Noodles? Dumplings? Noodles? Noodles and dumplings? Rice? I don't know. I'm hungry. All. I'm hungry. All
1: carb related things.
0: All right. So today I want to talk about Urban Decay. The um, makeup brand? Not the I'm makeup so brand. I'm wow. so Not the makeup brand. <laughs> I don't really. I don't think I've ever even seen the makeup brand in like.
1: You've seen the makeup brand. I wear it all the time. In,
0: uh, no, like in malls, I mean. like Yeah, it's in I, Sephora. Oh, it's in Sephora. It's in Sephora. Okay, I, I didn't know if they had, like, their own stores, like Mac or some shit, or?
1: Uh, they do in the U.S. and, like, some other places, but not in Canada, I don't think. Maybe there's one? I don't know. Do are-
0: I haven't bought makeup in, like, a year. <laughs> Macs, those stores, are they a store that just hosts a bunch of different makeup, like Sephora? No, it's all
1: Mac. Huh. It's all one brand. Same with NYX. Is They're, it good or bad? It depends on how your brand is. I don't know how Sephora works.
0: Oh, Sephora. Doesn't Sephora just host other
1: Yeah, it's kind of like brands? a shopper's
0: drug market except more expensive. And everyone shops there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, no, Urban Decay is not that. Um, <laughs> it's also known as Urban Rot or Urban Blight.
1: Mm, new eyeshadow palette for 2019. Oh, yeah. Urban Rot and urban, urban Blight. Put some <laughs> Urban
0: Blight on those eyelids. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Um, urban Urban Decay is... So do you do you have a guess of what it is?
1: I mean, I think it's just things deteriorating in cities. Is that it?
0: That's basically as close as you can get to a guess with it. I mean, it, it sounds pretty obvious to be honest. Um, basically, urban decay, urban rot, urban blight. It's the process of a functioning city falling into like despair, essentially. So. Um, uh- no, def- definitely <laughs> not. Uh, so a lot of people kind of immediately think of uh, the like ghettos of Detroit. Um, so typically situations where urban decay kind of happens is usually due to deindustrialization, uh, depopulation, deurbanization, abandonment. So people, you know, just up and leaving an area for maybe some of the reasons I just said. Um,
1: t There's a lot of Ds. Deindustrialization. P Diddy is one of them. Okay.
0: Um, <laughs> unemployment <laughs> is also typically high in cases of this. Uh, a lot of political disenfranchisement. Disin- dis- 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 d C B D B U.
1: Disenfranchise. I can't even. Disenfranchisement. Dis-
0: wow, that's surprisingly a hard word to say.
1: Is is it disenfranchisement?
0: I think so. Whatever. Um, and also high crime rates. So this is typically what urban decay, uh, you know, is-, is accompanied with. Mm-hmm. Uh, So you kind of find urban decay happening the most in the outskirts of cities. So um, looking towards the center is typically like where there's, uh, you know, more real estate, more people, more money being circulated. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, higher class people in general. And then when you go further out, when there's areas that are plagued with the issues I just raised. Uh, Class uh,
1: segregation, my favorite.
0: Basically, yeah. Um, So I wanted to kind of, begin by talking a little bit um just about the the effects of what urban decay is and what it can look like. Um out of curiosity, what are what what do you what do you immediately think of? What do you picture in your head when you think of urban decay?
1: When you told me Detroit, I was thinking of like You know those roads in Scarborough where you see, like, that one dilapidated house that's been boarded up and you know nobody's been living there? Oh,
0: down the street? Yeah,
1: like, down the street. Down my street. That corner house where, like, everything's overgrown and, like, some parts are falling off. I imagine, like, an entire city block like that.
0: Well, it's more than just a city block. It's essentially, like, entire neighborhoods Mm -hmm. um, that are kind of just gone to shit. Uh, I can, I'll show you a picture, uh, just two example pictures of Detroit.
1: We'll post it on our Instagram or something.
0: Uh, so this is one example. So this is a... Oh, this um, looks
1: like Walking Dead.
0: Kind of, yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Walking Dead actually filmed, I don't know. I know Detroit actually is a popular film de- destination because, because there's like it's no so one around. Like dilapidated so dilapidated, yeah. So in certain areas. Uh, so basically the, what the picture looks like is it's like two two buildings. The one on the left is an abandoned factory, and then the building on the right is a parking garage. They're both uh, you know, they both have broken windows, completely empty. Uh, there's just dirt everywhere. You can see a lot of the foliage kind of reclaiming the general area. Um, it's kind of a,
1: a ghost know. town kind of. Yeah. it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a, Like a modern ghost
0: town. It's not pleasant to look at, but in a way it's intriguing, I guess. Um, and then this next picture here. That looks really cool. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a factory that is like all like half of the windows are broken down and stuff like that. I'm assuming a lot of these factories. Oh, are... What's that? <laughs> this, this photo <laughs> is a it's a it's a building that has a bunch of graffiti on it. It's like,
1: like red graffiti though. That's spooky. Yeah,
0: it's like a white house but it has all this red all over it. Almost looks like blood. Oh, um, I don't want it. All of the windows are like smashed right open. Uh, oh, what's that? See. That's a huge building. What was that? Uh, I think this might be in their city. I think, like, in the the city center. I'm not sure what it is, to be honest. Oh, my God. What else is interesting to look at here?
1: Oh, there's... This sucks. There's a wall that's just graffitied with help in big block letters and little bits of help. That's
0: sad. Yeah, it's not not a pleasant sight um, in in the ghettos of Detroit. Actually, look at here. This is their only... This is their main public transportation. Mm -hmm. Um, This is actually called the... I think it's called rail, like, the worm. no no. It's called like the the people pusher or something oh, like that. Oh it's, no! It, oh, that's not a bad thing. It's just a weird name. That
1: sounds bad. Okay, maybe
0: that's not the people pusher. It's like the the person taker. That sounds wow. that, sounds, <laughs> that like sounds even worse. Okay, well, it's something along those. Lines. It's a bad name. Okay, yeah, it's, it's a, a bad name. name. I don't remember it. You go Google it. Uh, I'm too lazy to.
1: Somebody tell us in our DMs what that actual name for their subway
0: line is. Anyway, so Detroit. It's not looking too hot in, in, in the uh, suburbs and oh. uh, the further areas. That's really um, sad. Yeah, it's it's not good. So uh, essentially, with the sharp decline of their economy, it's, Detroit has also seen um, a sharp decline in population as well. Oh. So it's gone from a population of, I think it was around and probably over 2 million in the nineteen. 19- oh, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the 1950s, 2 million people is like... That's I a lot. Toronto, in the 50s?
1: Yeah. Like, aren't we only at like 3 million something now?
0: Yeah, Toronto's only at 3 million now. But that's... In the 1950s, the reason it was that high was because uh, they were, because of the huge auto automotive industry boom. So, mm-hmm. tons and tons of people were coming over for uh, working those like industrial jobs, right? Like building cars and whatever else comes with being in the automotive industry. I'm not really sure. Um, And and now the the population of Detroit is around less, it's less than 700,000 as of 2015. Oh, fuck. That's a lot of
1: empty space.
0: Yeah, yeah, take that in. So, like, in in its peak in the 1950s, Detroit could accommodate for 2 million people. And now in 2015, uh, assuming that they haven't built anything new, at like way way less than half of the population has like all of that extra space is kind of just vacant now right yeah what the heck um and you know people people know detroit for like it's it's a crime ridden place right if you if someone says hey let's go vacation in, and, detroit, in detroit
1: and we'll be like ah. nobody nobody
0: says sure let's go unless unless you want to go like look at the
1: dilapidated areas at the decay
0: yeah um
1: i remember like one of our friends went to detroit for a conference of some sort and he was afraid that his car was going to get jacked or something?
0: Yeah, he was afraid that if he... Uh, was, was it a concert? Concert.
1: Conference, I said.
0: I thought it was a concert. Whatever, uh, whatever it was either for. Either one. Um, yeah, he was afraid that if he if he parked his car for somewhere for a couple hours that someone, like, people would come and take like, his jack up his car of, and take all the tires and shit, geez. which honestly probably could happen. Um,
1: I mean, I feel like every big city like around the outskirts there's going to be like that extreme belt of like crime and poverty like even in Scarborough there's houses like that like on the edge of my neighborhood and My car has gotten broken into people on our street like have been broken into even though we live right across the street from a police station
0: That, that pretty much happens anywhere. That is not super wealthy anyway Yeah, but it, the degree of which Detroit has it is like infinitely worse, worse. than ours yeah. Yeah. Um, So just to give you an example of kind of the urban decay that they see in in Detroit uh So in an article I read, a resident in Detroit in the ghettos was saying that um, he was giving a walking tour to a journalist saying, okay, well, that house, that house right there is full of raccoon turd, just like full of it all over the ground and it smells horrible. And that house over there on the left has uh, rotting wood and the material overall is weak, meaning that if you walk on their patio... Uh, you could to the ground, oh. right? See, that's so-
1: one thing I s- haven't thought about before, like, the smell of the apocalypse. Like, everything must be, like, rotting and moldy and, like, full of crap.
0: Yeah, 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 because the city and, I guess, like, the, the, their parks and rec department and, and public health and all that stuff, I, I assume there's just a lot of negligence going on there. I'm assuming they're probably trying to, like, focus a lot on the different revitalization projects. They can't, like, focus on everything at once. Um, so basically, you know, if you're trying to think of what this outer outer area of Detroit looks like, it's just boarded up windows, vacant houses, missing gutters, uh, paint peeling off houses, knee-high with weeds and grass. Oh, that's fun. Um, people squatting in buildings where they shouldn't be. Uh, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Actually, so speaking of how uh, I was talking about like the population being less than 700,000 yes. or so, um there's currently in Detroit uh as of 2015 actually 70,000 abandoned buildings, 3100 empty houses, nine and 90,000 vacant lots.
1: See, I can't even conceptualize how big that is. I just know that that kind of number is huge, but I I don't have like a true scale yeah. of how big that
0: is. Like try to imagine like a a big area in in the state of Toronto downtown with seventy thousand abandoned buildings a neighborhood of thirty one hundred empty sorry thirty one thousand my bad thirty one thousand <laughs> fuck me dude thirty one thousand empty houses holy fuck
1: see I can't even imagine like is that like the whole suburb is it a whole part of a city
0: you know i'm I'm googling how many houses are in scarborough no not how much how Jesus. much are how houses many... <laughs> How many houses are in Scarborough? I'm, I'm not going to get any data Please wait while this. we Google things All in right. the middle of our I, podcast. I, yeah, I didn't expect to get any data off of that. <laughs> Whatever. 31,000 empty houses. That's a lot of empty houses and 90,000 vacant lots in fucking sane. Like, it is crazy. Like, with the amount of people that just left. Jesus. Yeah, it's... I don't know, fucking infrastructure, right?
1: And you know that all of those people are, like, disenfranchised people, all poverty and people of color who have been
0: crapped on. It's, it's largely, like, a, a black people that that have really kind of yeah. got, got shafted by, I'm assuming, a lot of really shitty decisions from the white people who originally lived in Detroit.
1: Gotta love it, man.
0: And they really don't.
1: Have you seen that college humor video by that guy? Uh, I think it's, like, Adam Ruins Everything or Andy Ruins Everything, something I, I like I
0: know of, like, that series, Adam Ruins Everything, but I've never watched it.
1: Uh, he does this one video, and it's, like, in the format of, like, Monopoly, and he explains it to a kid and his dad, and basically it was talking about the old, uh, like, the U.S. when they first made, like, housing rules, when they were first making, like, mass houses for people who were living there, uh they made these districts that were color-coded, so it didn't really sound like they were explicitly discriminating against people of color. But it's like, oh, if you're in the red district, and if you're a person of color, your loans are like 10 times higher than a white person. So oh, that's fuck. why it carried over to like the present day, where there's going to be a lot more wealthier white people in the core, and in the outskirts where it gets like the least amount of funding, you have all the people of color. And it's just like, oh, fuck. Fuck. <laughs>
0: Well, at least like people here in Scarborough, I'd say, as opposed to downtown, don't pay more property tax. Mm. Uh, I mean, as far as I know, fuck me. I don't. I don't know. I don't own a house. Moving on. So, are you familiar with kind of how the the decline of of Detroit came to be? I'm just assuming people stopped making as many cars because yeah. you said that everything was like automobile related, oh. right? Well, their yeah, their entire their entire economy was based around the automotive industry, it's not necessarily that people stopped making cars. It's that Detroit couldn't compete at the same level as global forces coming in. So uh, starting off, deindustrialization is like by and large, the la- the biggest reason for the uh, decline of Detroit. Uh, so 1930s was when their massive boom was. That's when they had, you know, people coming in to Detroit to, 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 work in the industry to work in um, work in these factories, help build cars, all that, and their public policy from their municipality was all auto-oriented, so um, it was all about, you know, making sure that residents who lived there could get to their jobs, and what that meant is that their expressways, their highways, their roads, many of them were built with the express purpose for going straight to the factories, going straight to the auto factories. Oh,
1: so it didn't go anywhere else, did it? (laughs)
0: Uh, I don't know too much about this, but I do know that, like, there are at least a few. So, like, even just a few. Like the major ones. Just imagine even the fucking cost of having to build an entire expressway highway just to go to, like, one spot that's essentially, like, useless now. Yeah. Right? It's crazy. Yikes. What eventually ended up happening is auto plants begin to shut down and... Uh, this is a slow process, but it it mainly kind of kicks in in the nineteen seventies. Um, for it's for a couple of reasons, and I'm I'm simplifying this to like the the bare essentials. But essentially, the Spark Notes version. Not even that. It's like <laughs> idiot's notes. Like legit <laughs> idiot's notes. So one some of the main reasons are because of a SARC increase in gas prices. But the biggest one, I think, was the. Um, intense competition from foreign cars.
1: Uh, uh,
0: so you had places from, I don't know, Italy? Is that a place? I don't know. Italy
1: is a place, surprisingly.
0: Uh, <laughs> a lot of Asian brands like Hyundai, Nisa, Nissan, Nissan,
1: Suzuki, Toyota. Toyota, I think is a, yeah, it should be a Japanese
0: car. Anyway, Hond- East, from East Asia, Hondas. East Asia, a lot of cars is coming in from there and Detroit was suffering hard because they couldn't compete with the prices. And also, and, is
1: Detroit a port city? I don't even know where the fuck Detroit is.
0: Detroit is right by Southern Ontario, like right at the end on the
1: Because I'm the thinking west side. of like shipping to Detroit. Isn't it landlocked? Oh, it's not landlocked. There's like...
0: It's right it's, by Windsor.
1: Mm-hmm. See, see, see? When you're importing things, like a lot of uh, car parts now are imported from th- places like Asia and um, some of them from Europe, depending on what kind of car you're getting. But because Detroit isn't, like, close to any of the ports, it would be really expensive to get, like, a part from Asia shipped to a port and then driving with that gas. It's
0: okay. I'm I'm just going to port all of my fucking auto parts from Buffalo through Lake Erie to get to Detroit. Yeah, exactly. Like,
1: how do you actually get all those parts over there? You don't. Because everything was so much, I can understand this, everything was so much cheaper to be made in China. Especially during that chi- time, where like everything was being outsourced.
0: Well, I don't really know how their their costs and all that works, and I'm not even going to try to touch on it because I, I don't understand it and haven't really researched it. But that's like my main
1: guess. If I'm wrong, so be it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so be it. Well,
0: anyway, there was very little attempts uh, from the from from their government to diversify their economy, so they really doubled down fucking hard on trying to be uh, the Steel City, you know?
1: They done goofed.
0: Yeah, and as a result, it it totally, totally failed. Yeah. Um, their economy crashed, and we have a lot of what we have now. That's not to say that they're not trying to, to fix a lot, um, but we can touch on that a little more.
1: I'm guessing that, like, a lot of it comes from people not wanting to live in Detroit in the first place. Like, they could gentrify a lot of it, but... With, who wants to live in, like, an area well, that's, could, like, super dangerous, They could right?
0: gentrify it, but what, first of all, with what money? And yeah. people and people who move in there, what jobs they going to have, and then how are they going to get there with yeah. how everything is built, and blah, 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 blah. There's, like, a million and one problems with it. I'm sure that they're trying to find ways. I haven't really looked too far into that. Yeah. Um, but I did want to talk about, uh, I think it's known as one of the worst, if not the worst neighborhood in Detroit. Huh. Um, and it's called... such oh, that sound? Oh. <laughs> it's called Brightmoor. Um, I've never heard of it.
1: Oh, wait. Is it based on the movie Bright?
0: <laughs> the one with Will Smith? Are they in Detroit in Bright? I
1: think they're in Detroit. That would be really cool if they actually made that connection. I think Bright was too much of a shitty movie to do that, though. Bright was fucking trash.
0: <laughs> I wanted it to be good so badly. I wanted it to be good, too, man. Fucking high fantasy integrated into, like, modern yeah. world. And it just turned into... A big fuck you for black people. What yep. the fuck? Yeah. That shit was weird. Yeah. And that stupid wand made no sense because it was- <laughs> I like, know, they just cut it off at the end. <laughs> no, like the wand was supposed to like, oh, uh, if you use it, the wand can grant you any wish and you can do any fucking thing you want in the world with it, right? Yeah. But then they said in the story, only brights can use the wand. If, and
1: And then Will Smith suddenly and, like, turns oh, into and, a bright.
0: And not even that, only like elves are brights, okay? And yeah. like 1% of humans can become- fucking brights in the whole movie everyone is trying to jump after this stupid ass wand and use it when it's common knowledge that you can't you
1: can't everybody wants to be that
0: one percent and we all fucking blow up who the fuck is that stupid in real life (laughs) nobody's doing that and fuck you will smith um (laughs) if you you listen to this will smith i didn't mean it be my genie (laughs) be Uh, my genie so brightmore brightmore is it has a nickname from its residents and the people who are around the area and it's known as blightmore oh no (laughs) so blightmore uh is characterized by a lot and a lot of vacant lots just a lot of areas that are just yeah well not necessarily open space vacant lots can just be like areas like buildings that are oh right um
1: when you say vacant lot, I just like think a of car. a parking lot.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of those too. And generally speaking, uh, a lot of Blightmore is filled with trash. Um, there's That's me. tons of <laughs> me too, man. Me too. There is tons of boarded up homes uh, and a lot of gang graffiti. Actually, uh, I think over. I'm just making this up. I think 75 of I think 75 of the of the of the crime that goes on in Detroit is gang-related. Gang related. It's almost all gang-related.
1: I mean, that's a pretty interesting way to have, like, a turf war because, in reality, no, there's a very low chance of a bystander getting hurt because of how deserted
0: it is. Anyway, yeah, yeah. It depends on where they have their turf war. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true. But, like, like considering that, the... that there's so much, like, vacant space, if you have, like, a turf war there, it's a lot lower risk than having it in, like, the middle of the city.
0: You know what? Those, uh... Those vacant spaces are, fuck, I'll I'll go on to this a little more, but they're fucking, like, breeding grounds for crime. It's insane. Mm. Uh, Anyway, so, back to Blightmore. So, this area is, I think, has one of the lower populations, uh, and a lot of, because it's so, because the area is so messed up already... Um, and, and there's a lot of nature kind of reclaiming itself, kind of just growing out. So just imagine a lot of grass growing, like, over your knees, high up, right? Mm. Uh, some people in the neighborhoods actually try to to, to grow, not grow goats, but, like, grow raise, goats. raise <laughs> not the plant goats. Can you imagine a goat plant over there? goat plant. Like, when it, it blooms, just...
1: meh! <laughs> uh,
0: no, not goat plants, but raise goats in, in their neighborhoods using their overgrown grass as feed.
1: I mean, that's kind of smart.
0: I was, that's, I was thinking, I was like, hey, that's pretty resourceful. Yeah. I don't know where... Where did they get the goat from, though? I don't know where. Maybe they shipped them over Lake Erie from somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where they're... They
1: just plucked a fresh goat from
0: Lake Erie. I don't know where the fuck they're getting their goat from, okay? But they were trying to do that. The city, apparently... Like, shut it down real hard. Shut it down, but apparently they didn't shut down any of the stuff. Um, so, Blightmore. Or, okay, I'm, I'm going to call it its actual name. Brightmoor uh, <laughs> is apparently also a pretty smelly area in the summers i'm telling you the smell of the apocalypse rot (laughs) Uh, so according to some people who live in blightmore um, the odor of dead rats and (laughs) occasional homicide victims (gasps) on vacant lots can waft in into neighborhoods in warmer months oh no
1: i just realized that like nobody's cleaning up corpses Okay, <gasps> just
0: want to say this isn't fucking hell, and there's not just dead bodies lying oh, everywhere. But, but still, <laughs> but due to gang activity, it wouldn't be a it would not be a stretch to say that there could be some dead bodies and some empty houses. And they're just like there for days. Yeah, and then rats, and then Ugh. flies and maggots, and then no one goes and cleans it, so the smell kind of just uh, stays there until the body decays no. entirely, right? Oh um, God. Yeah, and that smell can, can be very present in, in the, the summer months. And a lot of residents were saying that they're, they're fed up with, with like their municipality not doing something about it.
1: Yeah, with great warning.
0: And one of the worst things is, um, how, dangerous it is how dangerous it is for young girls.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Uh,
0: and that's because uh, th- one of the most common crimes that occur in Brightmoor is girls who go to school... Um, a lot of the men in the area, like basically snatch up these girls and take them to the oh, abandoned homes, no, like no. sexually assault them. It's it's because all of these like abandoned homes and stuff they 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 kind of offer an area like a, a safe area with quotation marks for these for these criminals. Like they can oh, do whatever the fuck they want God. there, right? Uh, it's it's fucked. So actually, I think twenty nine percent of all buildings overall in Detroit are are blighted. They all need intervention. Oh god. Yeah, it's fucking insane.
1: How do you even like have a school in there? Like in, ima- Bright- in, in Blightmore.
0: In, fuck, if I know. I'm pretty sure they only have like well Brightmore is Cuz imagine just,
1: like the funding that that school gets. Absolutely nothing.
0: Brightmore is just a neighborhood, right? It's yeah. just it's not like a it's not like a huge area. It's like it's like probably yeah. small than Scarborough, I think.
1: Mm. Uh
0: but I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a good question. I don't know. Um it's it's insane and I don't under I don't know how they're like city planning f- fucking department deals with anything. It's the same.
1: It's called racism.
0: Probably. <laughs> no, I, I would think that they would probably have a, a lot of uh, like African-American people in office because it's like Detroit is like mainly.
1: Yeah. But ah, still, ah, it's just like, know. where does the funding yeah, come know. from?
0: Yeah. No, that's a good question. Speaking of funding. uh, So municipalities most mostly get their funding from property tax, right? Yeah. Right now, and this isn't actually related to property tax, but
1: I, ha- you- I know nothing about property tax. Go on. Okay.
0: <laughs> How much do you think you can buy a house for in Detroit? Let's say, and... let, let's say, not let's say in one of the outer neighborhoods.
1: Uh, I'm going to go off of Toronto housing prices, like a house. So a Scar- million dollars?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. no.
1: I'm leaning like a Scarborough, like a shitty Scarborough house. So Still a million dollars? Se- yeah, still a million dollars. Like 700,000? 700, 700,000. So you think- Lowballing you can, it. You think a lowball
0: guess. Let, okay, okay 700,000
1: Canadian into a U.S. is probably like 500 to 400,000. 400,000. I'm going to say 400,000. 400,000 U.S. There
0: you go. Okay. Let me let me reword it. Let, let's say, how much do you think you can buy a house for in Brightmore?
1: Oh, uh, I don't know, fifty bucks.
0: <laughs> yes, literally. Yes, you can buy. I was joking. You can buy a house in in the in the ghettos of Detroit for anywhere between ten huh? to five hundred dollars.
1: All right, so when the Toronto housing crisis is keep like going up, we're moving to Detroit.
0: Dude, I could buy a neighborhood. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could buy a fucking neighborhood with that amount of money. Uh, obviously, do like, you want to buy a neighborhood though? Obviously, if you buy like a ten to five hundred dollar house in Detroit, you're you're buying a house that is entirely dilapidated. The windows are oh, yeah, smashed yeah. in. The floors have been a like, real fixer upper. Uprooted, like actual costs to repair the house probably easily over fifty oh, yeah. thousand dollars. Like lowballing it.
1: You might as well just tear down the house and build a new one on. Well, see, this is
0: one of the biggest issues with Detroit and and having having a second wind for the area. A lot of the existing infrastructure in the outer areas are essentially worthless because they're all blighted. Uh, they're really, really, really hard to.
1: I love how like to it's called blighted because it's like a disease.
0: <laughs> it, it is. It's it's a legitimate health hazard. Yeah. A lot of these houses. A lot of people tend to think when they build a house. It's going to be there forever, but nobody thinks of where that house will be if it's abandoned and yeah, what will happen it's to like, it. It's and assuming that people will take care of it. Exactly. Exactly. So a lot of these houses are like legitimate health hazards. I'm pretty sure a lot of these houses as well are asbestos. so old they have tons of asbestos in it, too. Ugh. It's crazy. Um, so back to like buying houses for like anywhere between 10 to like $500. The dream continuum. Yeah, the fuck. Oh, that's the dream of Toronto. <laughs> if I could buy a house... I would be investing in property dude. Oh, I yeah. would own Scarborough. <laughs> you would own Scarborough. Off of one paycheck of Starbucks. Like I'd be rich, guy. That'd be sick. Why Starbucks? Yeah, just like like a part-time job. Like no, you, yeah, could, that's you true. could be okay. a fucking I'd
1: just like why did you go back there? Why did you no, 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 <laughs> Why no, no, did no. you regress? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh no, you know really if if even if you did buy a house in in Detroit and you did spend that money to re- fix it up, there'd be no point in even living there because you're in a crime-ridden neighborhood and you probably just get killed
1: yeah probably because i'm assuming that a lot of those houses are used as like drug drop-offs or like
0: i don't know dead drops yeah yeah a big part of why detroit failed as as a city is also because of their uh underdeveloped transit system which is to say the people pusher yeah right i swear swear it's called the people pusher or something like that uh they never so they never developed a subway so they don't have a subway um, they don't have a trolley system. Mm-hmm. They don't have, like, in Toronto, we have an intricate network of grid, like, a of grids, basically, right? Because right. that's, how, that's how the TTC uh, services neighborhoods and big grids. So they cover, like, almost all of Toronto. It's insane. People, oh, is that why
1: we're a grid city?
0: I'm pretty sure it's it's a big reason oh. for it. But also keep in mind that Toronto was built as a, a commuter transit city for cars as well. Mm-hmm. So I think there was a lot of planning around the existing infrastructure that led to the decision of having it all in the way it is. I'm not too sure. Speaking more to Detroit, uh, yeah, they, they didn't have really any any main transportation systems other than the fucking
1: people mover, person,
0: <laughs> person slinger. Uh, and, and, and as a result of this lack of infrastructure... Like general transit infrastructure, it it created heavy, heavy, heavy promotion of urban sprawl. So this heavy promotion of urban sprawl is directly where it leads us to what we're talking about, where these outer neighborhoods, which are the result, they they are the urban sprawl, got entirely screwed over. So even worse now is that you have to own a car to get anywhere in Detroit, and if you're already fucking poor and
1: yeah, nobody's and getting you a car, like
0: you know, it, it's hard. It's 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 insane. Like it just perpetuates the the cycle of of poverty. It's crazy. yeah, and it's like
1: nobody's giving you a, like if you don't have enough money to buy a car, but you need a car,
0: you're gonna steal a car. Yeah. So there are a couple of reasons why Detroit has continued to decline over the years. There have been numerous and continuing efforts to help redevelop Detroit that are still in the works. But some of the biggest reasons that Detroit still continues to falter to this day is um, one of the biggest ones is existing infrastructure, as we spoke to earlier, right? So there's a lot of leftover housing and massive, massive factories. Yeah, like
1: what the heck are you going to do? Actually, no. No make them into homeless sh- shelters
0: everyone's homeless already I everyone's, everyone's <laughs> staying in them already they're, they're, they're already huge squatter fucking towns so yeah. that, that, they already exist as that to be honest yeah. and, and, and I'm pretty sure their municipality can't invest any money in that yeah um, I mean
1: I'm thinking of how that people, would work in Toronto yeah because <laughs> I was thinking of you know Vaughn Mills and how it's just, it used to be, like, so far up and nobody lived in Vaughn. Yeah. And then suddenly, like, everybody started moving to Vaughan. And it's just, like, they, once they already have that money-bringing thing, then they can, have like, have little condos close by and then slowly have, Well, that's
0: like, exactly what happened with the auto industry. Yeah. And that's exactly why they were successful in the first place. It's but just, now that
1: millennials are killing malls, now all the malls are going to go downhill.
0: And well, then, I'm pretty sure all the malls in outer Detroit are dead, too. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, I'm 99% sure. So these leftover buildings make it insanely difficult for businesses and mm. investors to, to invest in the city because they can't, they can't just buy uh, a big plot of land where a factory is because the amount of money it would cost to completely scrap that land, make yeah. sure that land is safe to build on, make sure that land and like the soil underneath it isn't fucking hazardous. Yeah, like, It seems like it's insane to, to even think about building.
1: It's a big investment on something that's really, really risky.
0: It's, it's crazy. So right now, um, there are, uh, like speaking for the things that are being done to kind of help alleviate uh, the, the, the blighting of their outer neighborhoods, their mayor, I believe, I think, is currently still doing this, working to demolish at least 200 vacant houses per week. Oh, that's it, really good. That was in 2014. I don't know how much they're still doing now. But also, what are they doing to the people who are squatting in those houses? That's a good question. I, I don't know. But from the city's perspective, that house, if that house is vacant, yeah. you're not supposed to be in it. Yeah. And those houses only perpetuate the violence and crime. So yeah. even if there are people squatting in it, and even if one out of ten of them are an innocent person, it's still worth it to destroy the house. It's yeah, still it worth sucks It, because, it, it like, is a legitimate fine-crediting policy for them, or policy, action, whatever.
1: It's just the U.S. in general has, like, a really bad, like, history against homeless people. Like, most of the time, their solution is just, like, let's arrest people who are sleeping on the streets. I'm like, what, what does that do?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think Detroit's a little bit of a special special case, case. <laughs> for the way they have to tackle their areas. Yeah. Um, so they, they do plan on taking down, I think, 6,000 houses per year. I wonder where that's uh, at right abandoned now. Abandoned houses. I don't know. I, I didn't really look into it uh, too much, so I don't really know. Because with all the
1: new changes in leadership, I wonder if that's been affected at all.
0: Yeah, I, I really I really don't know. Um, just thinking of how it is right now, it's pretty insane. Um, I, I went on to Google Earth, and I, I just dropped my pin into uh, some of the, the Detroit neighborhoods, it it you guys should do this. It kind of looks like just uh, urban hellscape. It's, it's it's very it's very surreal to see. Basically, so close to Ontario, there. Yeah, there's it's an like a area. drive away. It's yeah, it's crazy. I can't even imagine driving down the fucking street. I drive down Scarborough and I'm like, fucking whoop de do. I'm going to get Mister Sub. I'm, I'm, like <laughs> I'm all happy. It's normal. Nothing is weird to me. But I feel like if I drove in these neighborhoods in Detroit, I would...
1: like at least when you're in Scarborough, even when like the quote-unquote worst parts of Scarborough where there's there's still a lot of people around you know like there's still active neighborhoods and it's still like bustling with people but I'm imagining like in Detroit first of all there's no businesses around so like nothing's happening and the poor people there are like they have nothing to do
0: I just try to drink water. <laughs> I just saw that
1: I just... you had to drink water with the lid still on it
0: uh, okay <laughs> but that's pretty much it um for me talking about the urban decay of Detroit it although it seems like a relatively like robust topic in terms of an area to talk about like Detroit uh I couldn't find a too many sources talking explicitly about like the lived in experiences of of like living in Detroit and and uh kind of seeing people talk about the infrastructure and and how it's like, totally gone to the shits. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, I'm sure that there's a bunch of, like, news stories and documentaries on it, but it's just, like, they're actually deeper is, down
0: there, the there rabbit hell. There is. Uh, the rabbit hell. The yes, rabbit hell. Yes, <laughs> yes, there is. There's one on Netflix called, I think it's called Fire, and it's about firefighters uh, going into, like, these destroyed houses in Detroit, something like that. Yeah. I'm not sure. Cool. We should check that out tonight. Yeah, there, there, are, there were some other areas I was actually particularly interested in talking about in terms of, like, bladed health. Housing and neighborhoods, abandoned uh, places per- in general. Yeah, particularly Russia. Russia is so fucked up. Um, in I w-
1: general, yes, but specifically. <laughs> in
0: general, yes, but there there is a ton of buildings and neighborhoods that have. I don't know. They don't. They don't even look like they're fucking real. It's well, they look like they're real, but. They're just so dilapidated and so decayed that you don't think that this is, I don't know, the real world. It looks like some abandoned fucking Like somebody apocalypse. tried to shoot a movie. Yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Maybe maybe I'll talk about it more next time. Uh, but that's it for me. What's, what's your topic?
1: I love how uh, we were originally going to be like, oh, this is like a lighthearted podcast and like three episodes in we're just like, look at all the poor people and dilapidated houses in Detroit and let's be
0: sad about it. It's interesting to talk about, though.
1: I know. It is very interesting. It's, like, morbidly interesting, almost.
0: Well, I'm more interested in seeing how they can find a solution for it. And, like, can you affix that solution to every area? Or is that, like, regionally specific and only work in that one area? But, like, overall, it's it's not something pleasant that you have to talk about. You know, it's not... I'm not happy that I get to talk about Detroit being in the fucking shits. Yeah. But... It's definitely, uh, as an outsider, interesting to kind of look into. Yeah.
1: I find it interesting that, like, for some reason, we just happen to both do very, like, urban topics today. I'm talking about mole
0: people. Oh, (laughs) mole people. (laughs) Mole people. Are you saying that because we watched. uh, Yes, because
1: uh, a couple weeks ago, we watched Us, the new Jordan Peele movie, and I realized I don't know a lot about North American urban myths mythology, folklore folklore
0: <laughs> now have you heard about spork lore <laughs> right,
1: <shut> up. <laughs> folklore in general like other than a few native american creation myths i don't really know much about like our general part of the world genital stop nope <laughs> general part of the world lore wise like it's more popular to hear about european and egyptian like, or even asian uh, legends before like North American ones, because w- like such old societies. I like- was gonna
0: argue. Okay, sorry. Continue. Continue. No.
1: Okay. <laughs> no
0: I was. I, I was gonna. I was gonna say maybe that's just because we live in North America and no one wants to hear about each other here. But I was gonna. But then I thought, wait, we're boring.
1: Yeah, we're boring and new. Like yeah. every literally everywhere else is so old. Like they had such a heavy culture and like they developed writing before they were colonized.
0: There are a couple, actually, I can think about off the top of my head. You got Area Fifty One, you got Roswell, you got uh, the yeah, Mothman. Yeah. Uh, but like,
1: I haven't like to go. I haven't like dove deep into those myths as much as I have like I don't know general European folklore or like Egyptian myths
0: and like mm-hmm. Asian. Well, just because no one wants to hear about North America.
1: I mean, if I feel like if you're North it, it's really interesting to like hear local myths.
0: Well, let's hear about my man-mole. Your man-mole? No man mole, your man mole. There's a man mole.
1: Like the only thing that I can think of that was like a really popular North American like lore thing was supernatural. <laughs> supernatural. Yeah, like you know how it was all about like them trekking through like the Midwest and like Mo- I don't know if Mothman was part of it, but it was like a lot of like North American urban legends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't. Uh, know that. I never got into it. Like this is from like the very small bit I know about supernatural.
0: Supernatural, like the. Like,
1: the, TV ga- show. the gay bait show? Yes, the gay... I'm gonna talk about that. Come uh, on, shit. I don't
0: know. Um, uh, I know about some- mole people? You're talking about supernatural gay baiting on <laughs> mole people? No, no,
1: just wait. Just wait, man. I can't. Like, I know somebody out there is gonna kill me for saying this about Supernatural. Like, you know that Supernatural... About what? I don't know. There are some really crazy Supernatural fans. I never got into Supernatural, number one, because I'm scared of literally everything. <laughs> so, true. I watched the first episode, Alone in the Dark, like, ten years ago. And I was like, Mm-mm,
0: nope. Was that the ghost one with that like Sultan home? Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. It's yeah. like the very first episode is like when their mom dies and she's like floating on the ceiling. I'm like, uh uh-uh. uh, and she like catches on fire.
0: And I was, that's w-. a fire hazard. <laughs> it is a
1: fire hazard. <laughs> and then also like yes, like you mentioned, once I heard about the heavy queer baiting and like thirteen seasons or something. I don't know what season they're at. Many. Um, I never got into it, um, but I know they've got some cool like American mythos going on there before it goes into a downward spiral. That I, spiral. Just stop. I can't speak. It's late. Neither can I. <laughs> Anyways, we were talking about this after the movie Us, but it was based on Jordan Peele's take on the urban myth of mole people. And I vaguely knew about the idea of mole people um, or general underground societies before, but I never really looked up uh, like where it came from, and it's pretty whack.
0: The only thing I know about mole people is... That guy in The Incredibles who is a mole man. (laughs) That's the only thing I know about. Well,
1: he's also based on, like, the common thing of, like, people who are living in subterranean society.
0: Yeah, no shit. He's the fucking mole man, my guy. He's the
1: mole man. Yeah. (laughs) That's where it came from. Anyways, um, subterranean people have been a popular sci-fi thing since, like, the 1800s. Maybe, like, obviously, probably before that. But the 1800s is when um, Journey to the Center of the Earth was published.
0: Never read it.
1: It was basically, like, this explorer dude going to the center of the earth and finding this like lost civilization that was trapped under there yeah yeah but basically there were always stories about people who were like trapped way underground in an unreachable place and that's like it's very like removed from people it was so sci-fi but uh apparently it became a more common story in new york uh when the rent prices started getting like jacked way up and this was in the late 80s to early 1990s Um, They were originally called tunnel people instead of mole people. That's me, tunnel people. uh, Who were essentially homeless people and basically anyone who couldn't afford to live in the new super expensive city. Poor people. Yeah. And they made use of a lot of the underground structures like abandoned subway lines and sewers. Hmm. Um, People had actually been doing this since the first underground trains were opened in new york in 1904 so these people were like a long lasting thing it's just there was a huge influx during the late 80s and 1990s when people literally could not live in the city Mm -hmm. but they couldn't like afford to move out of the city and like they had no resources and the city is like a great place to have resources and like there's always people going everything's in the city everything's in the city it's way easier to live there
0: like if you live in the outskirts Like, like you're just gonna be If you die. live in a farm country you have to fucking farm.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you're gonna die of like the elements. Um so the these people became known as mole people because then the stories kind of evolved into a kind of legend that some people had lived down there for so long that they quote, see better in the dark, <laughs> reportedly eat human flesh. Me too. And nurse a hatred for everyone on the surface. And like, I don't know why mole people was the
0: thing that came out of this. Like, what
1: moles do you know that eat human flesh? I
0: don't know, but most most <laughs> moles most moles. <laughs> moles, moles <laughs> most moles that I know
1: You know many moles.
0: Nurse hatred for the humans <laughs> hard, my guy. Yeah.
1: Because like, I don't know, I'm thinking of some other sort of subterranean animal that they could have better chosen a word for, but nope, mole
0: people. Worm people
1: worms eat human... I mean, they do.
0: There's not a lot of, like, subterranean mammals that I can think of, if any at all, other than moles. Other than moles. I mean,
1: yeah, that
0: works. Drafts, maybe? Anyways, it was a whole story of, like, a
1: classic poor-hating-the-rich kind of deal, and this was hitting a lot closer to home because you can see homeless people, and if you think of homeless people, like, right under your feet, like, where the subway is, that's a lot closer than, like, somewhere deep in the Earth's core. So this is where the myth kind of, like, snowballed into something huge. Um, Most of the popular things that made them scary were obviously, other than the rumors of eating people, is that they long to retake the surface. Mm. So all of the rich people were scared of, like, the uprising of the poor, and, like, everybody's gonna destroy our society as we know it today, Who
0: The fuck are the mole people gonna do? Look at them with their <coughs> eyes that can't see? <laughs> Just shine a light at them!
1: Ugh. I don't know, it was, like, a lot of people who were pretty much scared of what they didn't know.
0: Of course. Fear of unknown, man. Oh, I burped in my mouth. Delicious.
1: Um, the most popular site since the eighties when like the first influx of homeless people came into the tunnels was the Riverside Park Tunnel in New York. Um they called them the Freedom Tunnels because that's where a lot of the New York's homeless went when uh New York was doing like a big sweep of the city and like cleaning up the streets, so-called. Um, it became so popular that I think it's a lot more heavier patrolled now. Um, because there's a bunch of interviews with a lot of people who had lived down there for ages and got kicked out. And I think... People who lived in the tunnels? Yeah. So, like, one guy spent 15 years down there, and he got, like, some sort of interview contract with, like, HBO or something like that, some documentary. And he got, like, a bunch of money. He got, like, $50,000, but he still returned down there. He ended up returning because he, like, blew all the money and stuff. And he couldn't live on the surface because he had lived down there for so long, and
0: he was so used to it. Well, I wonder, how, how did he get anything? Mm. Do they they have an underground Walmart? (laughs) (laughs)
1: No, no, but, like, they probably just scavenged from whatever people threw down in the...
0: I'm um, not throwing a full ice cream cone into the fucking... Okay, nobody's living
1: off of ice cream cones, but, like, obviously people had, like, little bits of money and they would go to the surface, buy supplies, come back down. Like, they had their own little communities. Apparently it was, like, really common for people who, like, return topside to return back to the tunnels because it was like having a little community when when you're on the top side and you're like the poorest of the poor, nobody respects you. Mm -hmm. So if you're like down in a little community of people who are all like you, um, there were apparently uh, their own form of government down in like the little cities and a few strictly enforced rules. So it was like very much like a freedom city, Mm. but it was like very grimy. And there was, I think I read an article of this one journalist who like befriended one of the people who currently live down there. And he showed him around to like all the places and he said the first thing he smelled when he went down there is like the smell of death.
0: That's disgusting.
1: I'm like that's
0: gross. I was just thinking, like underground, a lot of bad smells gonna be trapped into there. No yeah, fresh exactly, air. Exactly,
1: exactly. There's very few holes of fresh air because it's built for trains, not people. Yep. So this particular tunnel was very popular for undocumented immigrants, kids who have been kicked out of their homes. Uh, A lot of them uh, were stories about the mentally ill, like especially ones with schizophrenia. There was this one story about this woman who had a kid and she had been living in like the kid's dad's house, but then the dad ended up like not wanting to take care of the kid. So he just took off and she like, she didn't work. So she couldn't keep the home up. So they were homeless. And then she found out that she had schizophrenia and schizophrenia is one of those things that doesn't kick in until you're like 25 oh really most of the time it's like that's when you start seeing the signs it's like a later in life thing there's very like percentage wise a lot fewer people experience schizophrenia when they're like adolescents like there are a few signs but most of the time when it kicks in like fully is when you're 25 that's scary yeah so this lady already had a kid and she just figured out that she had schizophrenia and then child services was about to take her away and she left her kid with her sister and she ended up living in these tunnels for like years and years and years. Mm. And it was really sad because she was saying that like, oh, one day I'm going to have to go back up there and tell my kid and explain all of this to her. And I don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like that sucks. Um, apparently in these tunnels, there's even children who have been born and raised in the tunnel. So it's just like they haven't lived up on the top side. Like they've probably seen it, but it's like they spend most of their time is in the tunnel. What year was this? Uh, the article that I took this information from was 2009, and I'm getting to why it, it's not current. Basically, every couple of years, New York gets a mayor who wants to, like, clean up the streets, quote-unquote, by doing something stupid like putting spikes on benches or arresting people who sleep on the streets. Like, that just pushes people to places that you can't, like, the law enforcement doesn't get, like, a tunnel, mm-hmm. right? Um, so a lot of that's why a lot of them end up underground, because there's a lot less patrols down there um there was a documentary of the real people who live in tunnels called dark days i think this was in 2012 or 2014 and this is the one that that guy had like the fifty thousand dollars, and he ended up returning back one of the people that they interviewed was a woman who had lived there since the 80s so like from the 80s to like 2014 or whatever and at that time i think she was like 54 my god like she was an elderly lady who was living down there and she originally found that tunnel by following some stray cats. What how do you even <laughs> how do you even shower? You don't. Ew. Gross. Yeah, but like that's how it is. No, I know You're that's homeless. how it is. It's, it's
0: fucking horrible. I'm just saying though, it's still so gross. That's why
1: like when that journalist went down there, he was just like the first thing I smelled was like a smell of death.
0: God damn.
1: Like there's a lot of infection and like disease mm. that goes down there. A lot of the scary myths that you hear nowadays of, like, the mole people are more of, like, the deep, dark corners of the tunnel system that, like, a lot of these big, like, conglomerates usually aren't. So it's, like, stories of people who have been lost in the dark for so long that they've gone crazy and that's why they're eating people. And then there's also myths of, like, little communities with their own language and, like, they steal people from the surface.
0: For some reason, that seems possible to me. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, To this day, people still live underground in New York, but uh, apparently Amtrak, the people who own like the, I was going to say the TTC down there, (laughs) the people who own the TTC in New York. the New
0: York TTC. (laughs) The New
1: York TTC. Voted
0: best in North America.
1: (laughs) The subways in uh, New York, they have their own like police squad, like some sort of like heightened security for those tunnels. And they take people back above ground and like give them to the actual police because they started opening up a lot of the old tunnels and using them again. So they don't uh, want to be liable for like running a whole community of so people. So
0: like, they have like tasks for us who vacate these?
1: Yes. Because people still live in there even though like there's trains running through. Like they'll just live on the corners. They'll, like they'll sleep against a wall. I kind of want to,
0: like as a morbid curiosity, I want to see videos of, of these underground neighborhoods. You should watch the documentary. I saw like a couple of clips from this
1: dark days thing. And it's actually really interesting, like you can still go to this uh particular tunnel. It's just that amtrak uh security will take you up oh really? so like it's apparently a really popular play, like uh site for urban adventures because there's a lot of like cool graffiti around there also like not... there's a local artist who uh did a lot of like big murals because of how popular it was for like the mole people and like general homeless community around there,
0: yeah. Well, I would think that, like, these quote-unquote, like, mole people, Mm -hmm. if if they were, if they've been found underground, I would think they would be very aggressive in in protecting their homes because... Very territorial. They'd probably be afraid of getting, like...
1: Kicked out. Nowadays, yeah. As of, I think, 11 months ago, I saw this gif on reddit of this homeless man casually like pulling up a subway subway grate in the middle of the day and just slipping in so you know that people are still living down there but i just want to show you this like he's just casually just going at it this is like middle of a new york street holy shit
0: all right see you okay, later guy like, oh. peace
1: boy okay like he you know that he's done that like a million times Th- before like, that that's guy went confidence. in
0: comfortable like if that was me, I'd be going like a centimeter one, a one toe
1: at a time, you know. Like, oh, this guy, this is, guy like, is
0: going with confidence.
1: So you know that there's still like a whole community of people living down there. It's just that they're cracking down every couple of years to just like clean it up.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm also curious to know: Are these mole people? They're not. There's no way. But are they expanding these tunnels by any chance? Like, they don't have the tools for it, probably. There's no. I way.
1: mean, somebody might. Like, there's only one way to find out.
0: <laughs> well, you, you say we go down to a um, fucking mole tunnel?
1: People have. Like, apparently it's a really common place for urban adventurers to go. It's just really dangerous.
0: Yeah, fuck that, man. Because
1: like, where the really, like, unknown parts are, like, the super dark areas that nobody wants to go.
0: Well, I'm sure these underground... Okay, here's the thing, though. So, if we're talking about, like, New York's transit system and their underground network, like... All of their network was, when it's initially been built, was properly documented. and They have maps of everything. Uh, so
1: hmm? some of them weren't.
0: What do you mean? They, so, they built a whole. They spent billions of dollars and didn't document the tunnel.
1: There were because in 1904, uh, in the early 1900s, and even later than that, prohibition. What about it? There were a lot of bootlegging tun- tunnels that went through New York. So a lot of them aren't documented, and even the ones that are are only partially documented in separate things. For,
0: for things like prohibition, okay, I can see, like, the expansion of these networks because mm-hmm. there was millions of dollars backing it.
1: And these mole people, like, they have been living in this uh, subway-complete system mm-hmm. since, like, subways were invented. Mm-hmm. Like, ever since somebody could find a corner to sleep in, they've been sleeping in that corner.
0: Well, now this makes me curious to know about... Okay, here's the thing. thing uh, The thing that a lot of Torontonians don't know about is Toronto has a massive ravine system. Huge ravine system and a fuckload of underground tunnels. We have a mm. lot of underground tunnels. Like the were, one by our high school? No, not those. Oh, these are, right these are like these hidden tunnels in Toronto that were built way back when Toronto was first being built and a lot of it wasn't properly documented. So in Toronto, there's actually a big network of of, of tunnels, and there's a, there's a small community of urban, of, like, urbex, urban explorer people who, who go and document them. I can't remember off the top of my head what their website was. Mm. Now, there are no, as far as I've seen from this community, no fucking crazy mole people down there. <laughs> um, I feel like Toronto
1: would have their own, like, breed of mole people.
0: Well, I think Toronto people, like, in Toronto, there are, like, a lot of homeless people, obviously. Yeah. But I think a lot of them tend to go to, like, I, I remember hearing once they they go to like these specific like train station areas. Mm. So not obviously they're not a fucking Rouge Hill go <laughs> or like a Union Station, you know. Uh, I, I don't there are kn- a
1: bunch at Union Station. I can attest. Okay,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I meant like kind of unseen communities. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, like the ones that are camping out in the shipping containers.
0: Well, the, the ones we assume that are in there. I mean, that's easy. Yeah, I place. wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Do you have any else on the old people?
1: No. I was just thinking of that... I forget the name of the book. Was it called, like, Stagecoach Children? It was something about these, like, six kids that ended up living in, like, a stagecoach. What? And I, like, dreamt about that as a child. I was like, that would be cool.
0: The hell? (laughs) Why would Somebody tell
1: me what that book was. I read it as a child. It was, like, Stagecoach Children or something. And they ended up living in the equivalent of a
0: shipping container. Living in a stagecoach sounds bumpy and hearted sleeping
1: and there's like a like i think there were orphans it was actually a pretty sad book i don't know why i read it and it was like meant for children Mm. but that's all i have for mole people and you for abandoned places mole
0: people and urban decay Mm. that was
1: actually an interesting one
0: yeah i kind of want to talk more about this kind of stuff i mean you can go for it it's our podcast that's true. I definitely want to look into... Um, I want
1: to see more of like that Russia one that you were talking about. Yeah,
0: I, that's what I want. See, the problem with researching and something like that is there's such little literature and resources on it mm. that it would take like hours of interest. Yeah, let's get some
1: like get documentation from Russia. That's pretty easy, right? Yeah, I said
0: nobody ever. <laughs> that's insanely hard because this is such, like a niche topic with the only way to really get information on it's like for local someone to lore. go there and no like to go there and take pictures and shit
1: yeah so. and like to figure out what those buildings originally were would be like local lords yeah. so it's like oh yeah this used to be like my grandma's factory or some shit <laughs>
0: my oh my grandma is casually on this whole factory
1: yeah <laughs> i don't know
0: yeah i am interested. i don't
1: know how russia works man
0: <laughs> nope does anybody i i am interested in now i have like thousands of images of like mole people in underground networks i feel like if i lived underground i'd build a cozy house And then
1: casually get strong-armed by an Amtrak security guard and...
0: Shot. Shot. (laughs) Probably. I wonder if these people can, like, reroute electricity and they have, like, their own...
1: Well, considering that one factor of mole people is that they can see in the dark.
0: Okay. (laughs) Ain't no fucking mole, quote-unquote, mole people seeing in the dark, okay? Well... uh, You know how many generations of people it would take for them to see in the dark? Like, I don't know, probably a thousand.
1: I don't know. Well, you can- it's not like it's pitch black down there, though. There's still sewer grates and like a little bit of light coming in. It's not pitch darkness.
0: I know, but you're the one saying that they can see in the darkness. Okay,
1: they can see in like darkness and not pitch black.
0: Nah. No way. (laughs) No fucking way.
1: even like your own eyes adjust to the dark- the darkness.
0: Well, there's only one way to find out. We adopt or make a baby and let it go in darkness (laughs) 24-7.
1: That's abuse.
0: That's the, <laughs> that's, the <laughs> that's
1: abuse. This is the
0: scientific method, my guy. Thanks, I hate it. Me too. Alright, well thanks for listening to our podcast today, guys. We recently just started advertising on our social media channels and uh, Hi mom. We your mom is not My
1: mom to this. is definitely not listening de- to
0: this. <laughs> my mom might.
1: Like, hey mom,
0: <laughs> if you're listening to this or my cousins. Alright, guys. See you later.
1: You can also find us wherever you listen to podcasts. We're now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Just search up Tango and subscribe to start listening every week.
0: If you want to send in a request to talk about something on the show, ask a question, or just send us some love, you can reach out on Twitter or Instagram at 22TangoPodcast or by email at 22TangoPodcast at gmail.com. Peace!